Hi. This is a story that's requested by my eldest daughter. And uh, I would say it's not suitable, suitable for young children. But when the story was told, everyone was there. It's a Transylvanian folktale about events that ended in the year 1826 in the cathedral of Budapest. It begins with a young girl named Pretty Maid Ibranca. Pretty Maid Ibranca. That's the title of the story. And she lived in a little village in the hills of Transylvania and was very pretty, but she didn't have a boyfriend. She said, I don't like the boys from this village. I want a, a boyfriend from far away. Now on Saturday nights, the youth, young people would meet at one house or another with chaperones, of course. The elderly and the relatives, the uncles and the aunts and, you know, godmothers and whatever. And they would play music and sing and dance. It was a very nice, very innocent, very happy time. But they would make fun of pretty maid Branca for not having a boyfriend. So one night she prayed. Oh God, send me a boyfriend. Send me a boyfriend from far away. I don't care if he has horns. Such was her prayer. I don't care if, she, if he has horns. And so on a Saturday night they were singing and playing and meeting at some person's house, some young woman's house, and Ibranca was by herself, enjoying the party, when a knock came on the door, and the young girl of the house ran to the door and unbolted it, the heavy door, and there was a man, a stranger someone not from the village. He was so striking looking, with long red hair, red eyebrows, red eyelashes. And he was wrapped in a, a fur coat. Boots had big boots. And he stepped forward and he said to the young woman who opened the door, Is Ibranca here? And the girl turned and said, Ivranka, it's for you. And Ivranka came and brought the young man inside. And he sat next to her close and told her that he had just come from the Amazon. And he described the river and the creatures that lived in the Amazon people who lived in the Amazon. And Ibranca was fascinated. And when the party was breaking up, he took her 
and he walked her home. And on the front steps of her house, he drew her gently towards him and kissed her. And she put her hand inside his fur coat. And her hand just went in. She felt nothing. <gasps> she drew back. And he said, Good night, Ibranca. And he ran off into the darkness. Oh, well, Ibranca was very upset about this. And she remembered her prayer. And she was worried about it. And a couple days later, she went down into the village looking for the fortune teller lady. And she came to the street, a little narrow street with cobblestones, and, and she looked around and she knew this was where the lady had put up her little table on the street. And she looked around and she felt someone looking at her from above. And she looked up and at the window of the second story, there was the fortune-telling lady. And she said, come, come, come up, come up the stairs. And Ibranca went up the stairs, and the old lady opened the door and invited her in. She said, what is your problem, and how can I help you? Well, when Ibranca went in, it was very dark in there. There was a lamp and tapestries hanging on the ceiling and on the walls. And sitting in a chair was a very large, slow-looking man just sitting there by himself in the dark. And the old lady invited her in. Come in, come in. What is your name? Ibranca is my name. Oh, what a lovely name, Ibranca. What can I do for you? She said, well, I, I prayed for a boyfriend. I prayed for a boyfriend from far away. And I didn't care if he had horns. And, and the next Saturday, a man came, a stranger, not from our town, and told me stories, stories of the Amazon, that he was there. And the old woman's thinking, she said, she said, well... Do not go to any other houses. If you have another party, have it at your house. Perhaps he will not come. I will put some sprigs of garlic and leaves to protect you. And Ibranca said, all right, all right, all right. And so she goes back and she tells her friends, let's have the party at my house t this next Saturday. So they all came with their lutes. You know what a lute is. It's sort of an old type of guitar with a, a bent-over handle. And uh, they were playing. They had tambourines, and they were dancing. But Ibranca was not exactly happy. She was waiting to see if anyone would come, if this man.
And sure enough, during the party, a knock came on the door. And Ibranca went to answer the door. She unbolted the heavy door. And there stood the man with the red hair and the red eyebrows and eyelashes wrapped in a woolen coat. And he said, Ibranca, come out. Come out to the porch and talk to me out here. So they went outside to the porch, and he told her that he had just come from Tierra del Fuego, the tip of South America. And she said, "How? How could he? How could he come back there?" And as he was tell telling her these stories about the volcanoes and the ice and the aurora. He drew her close to him and kissed her again. And she ran her fingers through his hair and <gasps> she drew back because she felt horns growing out of his head. And he said, Good night, Ibranca. And so she ran to the fortune teller, the next lady. He came to my house. And when I ran my fingers into his hair, I felt horns growing out of his head. And the woman said, this is not good. She said, you have to find out where he runs off to at night. She said, but how? I can't, can't follow him. She said, here's what you do. You take a spool of thread and make a little loop around your finger. And when he's kissing you, Attach it to the woolen coat. And when he runs off, drop the spool, and the string will lead you to where he goes. And that's what she did the next night, next Saturday. The party again was at her house. Her parents were there, and everyone was there. And they were excited about this man that was coming to see pretty maid Ibranca. And when he did come kissed her again. She just had the presence of mind to take that spool of thread and with that loop attach it to his coat, to the wool of his coat. And she dropped it and he ran off into the night. And he had promised that she would be his forever. So she wrapped her coat around herself and followed the string, the spool that unwound as he ran away. And it led to the little village church. And it went in a back door of the church. And she went up and she peeked through the keyhole. And there at a table was the man red hair and in front of him on the table was a plate with a human head on it and Ibranca went ah, ah, and she drew back and he looked over and he saw something move in the keyhole and she ran home as quick as she could and bolted the heavy door and he stepped up onto the porch 
And he said to the door, through the door, he said, Ibranca, what did you see in the keyhole? And she said, I saw nothing, nothing. He said, tell me, Ibranca, tell me, or in the morning your father will be dead. She said, I saw nothing, nothing, nothing. screamed from the bedroom. And Ibranca ran in, and there was her father in the bed, all shriveled up and blue, dead. And all the village people came. They were gathered around, and people were saying, this was not right. There's something wrong here. We've never seen anything like that. Some people knew what it was. And the fortune-telling lady came with her son. That old, that big man, that big slow man, they entered. And she said to Ibranca, get these people out of here. Get them out. Chase them away. Ibranca made everyone leave. And the old lady said to Ibranca, you must not get the body of your father. So her son, that large, slow man, took Ibranca's father and did not bury him, but took him to the outhouse. Yes, the outhouse. And <laughs> dumped him down into the outhouse where the body would decay quickly. old lady, fortune teller, and her son moved into Ibranca's house. And the mother was just hysterical, crying, went to bed early. And a knock came on the door. Ibranca! Ibranca! And Ibranca went to the door. And he said, what did you see through the keyhole? She said, nothing. Nothing. I saw nothing. Go away. He said, tell me what you saw through the keyhole. Or tomorrow your mother will be dead. She said, nothing. I saw nothing. Go away. Leave us alone. And he stepped off the porch and went away. The next morning, Ibranca woke up and ran into her mother's bedroom. And there she was, blue and shriveled up, dead. This time, no one came. They all stayed away. All the people in the village stayed away. And the fortune teller's son, big slow man, took Ibranca's mother's body to the outhouse threw her down inside. The next night, the man with the red hair and the red eyebrows and the red eyelashes, in fact, the irises of his eyes, the colored part, 
was red also. And he stepped up on the porch. Imbranca! Imbranca! What did you see through the keyhole? She said, nothing, nothing. Go away. He said, tell me or tomorrow you will be dead. I saw nothing, nothing. She sort of collapsed by the door. And the next morning, the fortune teller lady went into Ibranca's bedroom. And there she was in the bed, shriveled up and blue, dead. And the old lady told her son to smash a hole in the wall of the house and take her body out the wall. took her body and he carried it out across the field, across the street that went beyond the field, up on an embankment, and he dug a hole and buried her in the embankment beyond the field and the street. Meanwhile, the fortune-telling lady was sweeping up the debris from the smashing in the hole in the wall. And together they pushed a dresser in front of it to cover the hole. That night, he came to claim her, to claim Ibranca's body. And she would be his forever. And he smashes the door open without even knocking. And he looks around and he runs into the bedroom and comes back out and he looks at the fortune-telling lady. And he said, where's Ibranca? Where's Ibranca buried in her tomb? I will make her mine forever. And the old lady said nothing. And he turned and he looked at the door. And he said to the door, he said, Doorway, through you was Ibranca taken to her grave? And the door, the doorway answered. And he turned to the window, and he said, Window, through you was a Bronca taken to her grave? And the window answered, No, no. And he ran out to the pathway outside the house, and he said, Pathway, upon you was a Bronca carried to her grave. And the pathway said, and he ran out to the road, and he looked on the road, and he said, Roadway! Upon you was Ibranca carried to her grave. And the road said, No. And he swore 
I swear I will wear out an iron walking staff and iron walking stoos, shoes until I find Ebronka buried in her grave. And he swore that curse that he would find her if he had to wear out an iron walking staff and iron walking shoes. And off he went. And winter came. Oh, winter in the Transylvania is cold and snowy. And the snow banked upon the hill where Ibranca was buried beyond the field on the other side of the road. And spring came. And the snow melted. And out of Ibranca's grave sprung a rose, a single shaft of rose with one rose, red rose, growing on a single shaft of rose, coming from a bronca's grave. Well, a young nobleman was traveling back to Budapest from inspecting his lands out in the countryside. And he was in a carriage and very bored and looking out the window. And the road was kind of muddy and rainy, wet, and the sun was shining. And he looked out, and as they passed by Branca's grave, he looked at that beautiful rose. And he said, ah, oh, there's something nice. He said, driver, stop, driver. And so the, the carriage stopped, and the young man jumped out and jumped across the little ditch there next to the road and stepped up the hillside. And with his knife, he cut off that stem of rose and took it back, smelling it, ah, taking it back in the carriage. And he continued on his journey to Budapest, to his home, his sort of mansion there in Budapest. And... Um, he gets home, and uh, the servants come out to meet him, and uh, his the senior servant that had been there serving the father be years before said, Welcome back, Master. And the young nobleman gave him this rose. He said, Put this in water, and thank you. And uh, he went back into his house, and the servant took the rose that had been growing from Ibranca's grave and brought it into the house and placed it in a vase of water in the, the conservatory room. Well, strange things began to happen. Food began to disappear overnight. And certain things were taken. And one night something broke, fell, and broke. And so the master of the house called all the servants together and he said, 
I know that something strange is happening, and I don't know what it is. And I don't suspect any of you, my trusted servants. But we all have to be aware and watch. So keep your eyes open and let me know what's going on if you find out something. So they all went about their business. But that senior steward, he knew that the rose had never faded. It had been several weeks now, and the rose was as fresh as ever. And so he went to the master and he said, Sir, the only thing unusual now about this house is the rose. It hasn't faded. Oh, the rose. Ah, yes, the rose I brought back from my journey. Yes, he said. Well, what, what do you suggest we do? And the servant said, let's wait behind the sofa in the room, in the conservatory, and we'll watch that rose. So at night, after midnight, the rose began to glow and give off a soft light and the petals began to move and they fell off and shroom there was Ibranka in her burial robe her white robe with her hair all wild and barefoot and she went around the room touching And the young man stood up from behind the sofa and said, Who are you? 